Hey guys, John here. I have Brad from Canada with me from Scene Invaders. I also have Rossi McFree with me. And we're going to be doing our Nightmare Alley review for the Oscars. You know what you guys need to do, though? You guys need to go on ahead, go over to Good Pods, rate us over there. Tell us what you guys think about it. It's like social networking for podcasting. That's what you should be doing. Then come back over here and check out uh, our review for uh, Nightmare Alley. Better yet, just open up another tab and show us some class, not some ass, and give us a good freshness off of this review and everything, too. Also, too, go on ahead, rate us on Spotify. Why not? You're not doing anything. And then, of course, go on ahead and rate us on Apple Podcasts as well, because those are the old school people who brought up podcasting and everything. So go ahead, do all that stuff. And with further ado, let's get on with the review. And here we are. Like I said, we're going to be doing our Nightmare Alley review. I hope that everybody is having a great night tonight. Like I said, I have Rossi McCree with me. I have Brad from Canada. And so anyways, uh, here's the thing. When Guillermo del Toro, I love his originality on some things. Some of the stuff is very authentic on some cases and things like that. But when it comes down to Nightmare Alley, I feel like, you know, with this one, I really feel like it's forgettable in some areas. But look, before I actually go into my whole entire deal of what I think about this film... Let me just go on and start off with the plot. It starts off in 1939. A drifter named Stan Carcile obtains a job at a carnival and watches a geek show in an act in which a deranged man eats a live chicken. He begins working with the um, the carnival act Madame, Z- uh, Madame Zena and her alcoholic husband, Pete. So that's a small synopsis of what this movie is about. So... Let me go ahead and bring it over to Rossi real quick because of the fact that she didn't even hear about Nightmare Alley or anything like that. But it's going to be interesting to hear her take, and then after that, I'll pass it over to pass the ball over to Brad, and then after that, it'll go back to me. Okay. Well, never heard of it. You always bring up new movies, and some I've seen, some I haven't seen. But this was awesome because I've never heard of it, never seen it. So I watched it earlier today, and um, I love Bradley Cooper. So we start off, and I'm, you know seeing him house is on fire. Okay. It starts off with, there's this guy with this secret and he ends up him going to the carnival, basically living with carnies. I'm kind of like, okay, this is interesting. Um, then you meet the other characters, you know, and if you've seen a lot of carny movies, it's pretty much, you know, the same thing, you know, you got your one eyed person, you got this person that can do this. So I'm interested. Um, but still kind of, unsure of you know um what's his name of stanley stan um carlton who is you see visions of still that house on fire that situation um i thought it was a interesting it kind of was you know really slow for a while i was um kind of bored until it gets to a certain point because i'm thinking the whole time that okay we're at the carnival you're meeting the people he's interested and um learning Pete's talent, which is, uh, I guess, mind reading or, or uh, being a medium able to, yep. you know, see dead people. All right. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting. But where's this going? Is he is, you know, Carlton, is he just wanting to take over Pete's job? Because you see a lot of him wanting to, you know, get to know Pete, finds out about what Pete does. Um, and by the way, you know, Bradley Cooper's character, he's a he's a hustler. All right. So this is a perfect place to hustle. 
So he gets in there and, you know, he learns about what everyone's doing, um, wants to do what Pete does. But Pete warns him that, you know, I don't even do this anymore. Like this is this is deep, you know, um, the being a medium and all that. So I'm like, OK, um, interesting. But I'm thinking the whole time that we're going to spend time at this carnival place. You know, so I'm just kind of yeah, sitting the car- back. The carnival like, was it was a very interesting backdrop. And I. Yes. I, I thought that they would spend a little more time there. I didn't think the whole movie would be there, but I thought they would just, it was such a very muted yet colorful backdrop for right. everything to happen with all these really interesting characters. Right. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, 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 no. That's no, that's fine. Please. Um, yeah. I so to, I'm, I have to I'm, apologize. I'm, I'm Canadian. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good, man. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be get interested in this film, you know, um, and and it did, it does happen, you know. At a certain point, you realize that he meets Molly, who is our, you know, girl that would, would, can withstand electricity throughout her body, which is really interesting. Um, the cage guy, that was odd to me. Um, I guess they call him a geek. Um, yeah. Have him yeah. caged up, so that's different. So I'm thinking that. Something big's gonna happen here at the carnival, and it, 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 it does because uh, remember when it's, the, it's the spring, guy springboards stands enthusiasm to where where he goes, right, like, right, yeah, right. it's it it definitely is a very good backdrop. Stan, like I said, when he's running from something, yes, absolutely. You know, when the first flashback hits it shows a burning house and well spoiler alert for all of this he's dragging he's dragging a corpse into the middle of the room right it it doesn't Mm -hmm. show that it's a corpse but it's a bag with some feet sticking up so it's a corpse he sets the house on fire he gets on a bus and he kind of wakes up however many hours later and there's the carnival right gets offered a job for a dollar to help out but before that goes to see the show uh, that is um, advertised. And I guess it probably the main attraction is. Yeah. The, the geek show. is the most popular one that they had yeah. over there. Yeah. And you can see the crowd being glued over to this thing with the geek. And right. I like how they played off of that narrative though, with the carnival, because I'm thinking too, I'm thinking that this whole entire movie is going to take place in this carny right. and everything, which I was okay with because that's what I like. I like these movies with the carny, with the freak show, stuff like that. And I wanted to see a little bit more manipulation with Bradley Cooper's character and let him do it that way well, versus he, the he, other he's, way. He's a player. Like he showed yeah. up yeah. as a player, did not. And just like, first of all, I've always said like Bradley Cooper, you can't look like that. I mean, he can act. He's right. funny as hell in interviews. He can sing. He can direct. That's five things. You can't have five things. That's too many things. Like, <laughs> knock it off, Bradley Cooper. Like, and then you you star in this movie, and like his looks and his charisma. Right. I think that uh, Guillermo del Toro kind of handpicked him and all the other actors just to show how fresh faced Bradley Cooper would be. I mean, and yeah, I do Ron, like yeah, the- Ron Perlman, who is a fantastic actor, right? But has a very distinctive face same with willem dafoe same mm-hmm. with the gentleman right. that played pete right 
it it was it was just a really one of these things is not like the others but everybody just got along everyone got along but the one thing that really really kind of freaked me out is i've been in the circus since i was a kid i love the idea of the circus i wanted to run away and join the circus but <laughs> i can't run too tired but i always thought that the circus was a big family uh i would like read uh, Batman comics and Dick Grayson, the flying Grayson's always presented as a big family. And then this one has like a little bit infighting, you know, but nothing too bad, but it was the geek that intrigued and terrified me. Mm-hmm. It had it like a Wolfman kind a, of vibe to it. A man beast kind of thing that like they keep this geek kind of in a cage. He's addicted to what opium was it? Opium, that, alcoholism, and then, of course, just being down on his luck. Basically, down on right? his luck, yeah. So the ringmaster, for lack of a better term, Willem Dafoe, kind of gets guys down on their luck. Right. Lures them in with alcohol and puts like a drop of opium in each drink. So they keep coming back for more and just keeps them in a desperate. They keep them locked up in a cage. Mm-hmm. So when all the other guys are doing like out playing cards and having fun, this, this geek is locked up. He's right. not part of it. It's not part of it. And that just, Oh, that made me, this sounds silly. It made me sad. It made right. me sad for him. Too. It, made, and... it made me sad for everybody. Everybody was like, yeah, Bradley Cooper, who is so basically the hero of the story, how he's presented, and he starts yeah. off and he kills somebody. And so it, it was really hard just to, or presented that he might have killed somebody. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, because you're it, not. It's you're hard, like, it was hard to relate. You know? It was hard to relate and get in anybody's corner because none of these people were good people. There was no all one. Except maybe, all except his wife, though. Bradley Cooper's wife is probably the only Molly. main one. Molly. Yeah. Yeah. Molly was the only really one that was actually Mara. good. She, she was Innocence. The, she's the, the hearts and the brain of the operation because she, right. she's the only one with soul. <laughs> I think it was all, all the electricity might have actually shocked it into her. <laughs> I did but like you know the what, fact though? that... I'll, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Oh, Ross. no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, go on ahead, Rossi. No, I was going to say, I, I did like the fact that, you know, Bradley Cooper's character, like we said, with the, the geek, the fact that he ended up making kind of like, I guess, friends with them, you know, letting him know that you're safe with me, you know, and got to know everyone else's job. And then I like the fact that he did have an idea of making the shows better, like with Molly's, you know, with her show, like building the electric chair and doing that, you know, the, the, his obsession with Pete and what Pete, you know, does like when he, you know, Pete, obviously he's an alcoholic and the scene where he's, you know, drunk and Bradley goes over there and sees that little book that he always carries with him. I didn't understand or I didn't get that maybe he could have killed him because I remember earlier when William Defoe's character kind of let him know everything that's going on around there. This is the batch of alcohol for this. This is the batch of alcohol for this. They but left when that you open. See, yeah, they, yeah. They so open I'm to not, interpretation. Yeah, I'm like, okay, you see him die, but did he? Because you didn't see that different alcohol. You saw him drinking okay. on the bottle. What, that do you, was... what, do you, what do you think? Now, Pete, Pete was an alcoholic oh, and, and, and was, was presented as not a hopeless alcoholic, but just someone that was 
you know, in the twilight of his years, an alcoholic, a former mentalist had written down all his tricks, all his tips, his sleight of hand, the holding it up. Yeah. The fingers, the cues, everything. Now, I think what Bradley Cooper and Pete, they weren't mentalists, but they're geniuses in fooling people to think that they're mentalists just with the cues and just reading people. So I think that when, like, Pete had that great speech that says, you, I don't do this anymore. Because as soon as you start believing your own lies and believing that you're, like, a god. Yeah. Because you have this ability that other people don't. It'll be the end of you. Exactly. A little bit, a little bit of foreshadowing for what's going to happen to to right. Stan. Oh, and speaking of foreshadowing, there's a lot of foreshadowing in this thing too that I want to mention too. But I want to go on too. I, at first, I thought this was going to be a redemption story for Bradley Cooper's character, where basically you're not sure where it's going to go because I feel like maybe it might be a redemption story. Maybe this is part of his past. Maybe even being with these carny people, maybe he might actually change or whatever. But no, he's very shady. He goes in. He looks like a detective looking around, seeing things, ob- absorbing everything, too. But I like how him and William Defoe have dinner, and he's eating. And yeah. he tells him, he's like, and he tells him about Enoch. And Enoch is actually this little baby um, fetus that's actually in this jar that look is very freaky. It's actually part of the freak show. Yeah, if, if you go and, to freak shows, you you'll see like yeah. um like in in the big jars and the pickle yeah. jars, you have like right. a, a mermaid or a fairy or something like that. Right. Eve right. was just this this fetus baby that had a third eye in its right. forehead. Right, and had a and story about it, really creepy. I love the story and the narrative around it and that little legend that he tells. But also too, I liked how he goes in and tells them. He goes, "Look, this is what we're. This is what I tell them." Whenever somebody wants to be a geek, I go on ahead. I act like I'm not interested. Then I make the. I said, "Wait, hold on a minute. Where are you going? Let's sit down for a minute. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a then drink. Have a drink. Have a drink or two. And then he winds up telling him, "Look, this job is just temporary. It's not, and after as soon as I get another geek in, you'll be on your way to another job." Within the carny, we'll bump this you is up a temporary job. This is a starting position. This is just a right. starting position, and then next thing you know, it he's the 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 geek is there for over four, maybe five years or more, longer until they get another and, one. They can't do it anymore. They ultimately die, right? Like, and that's they they, they never graduate because they're opium addicted. They're eating raw chicken. Right. How long is that going to last? Right, and they're just disheveled and gross and dirty and filthy, and oh. Like I, that opening scene, like it, it is a very graphic scene where yes. the geek actually you just see him submit, and mm-hmm. a, a geek is a time honored carny tradition that used to have just guys that would bite the heads off chickens. That was their thing. But the way Del Toro did this is that he almost did it almost a vampiric way, that he 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 held the chicken to his and just kind of bit its right. neck and the blood spewed and everything and just a very very visceral graphic way, but that's, that's Del Toro. Like his, this is his style. Very subtle, but whenever there's blood in a Del Toro, it's, it hits you. Like now the blood doesn't flow often, but when it does, it's, it's very symbolic. It is. It definitely is. And also too, whenever I look at the, I like the fun house when, 
the looking for the geek and everything too. Right. I love that fun house and everything. I really liked how freaky that was and everything. That's why I was hoping that they would actually stick with the carnival, even though in the 1946 version is the same thing where okay. they go from the carny over to him, over to Pete, over to Bradley Cooper's character, uh, stealing the stuff from Pete and everything. But also too, instead of uh, the, uh, the woman who does the trade cards, Xena, and everything to explain to them what Pete does. It's actually Molly that explains everything to the to a carny. I'm like, wait, why are you explaining this to a carny? Should you be explaining this to the Bradley Cooper, the character that Bradley Cooper's playing? Well, they, don't, they, in didn't, this they one, didn't know enough of him yet, and it just shows like it's it's more of you can have your act. But your act is three levels deep and maybe like a team of people right? to make it work. So Molly was there doing her act with the uh, the Tesla coil and the electricity and stuff. But she was also had hands in everything else. Right. Much like Bruno, the strong man, had his hands in everything. And um, the little person, I, I forget his name, excuse me, um, had his hands in everything. Everybody had a part. So I think it was really crucial that when bradley cooper like kind of i mean it's bradley cooper if he asked me out i'd say yes like <laughs> kind of wooed molly away right and kind of had him to herself that's when he used the handbook that he took off pete's corpse more or less yep. right to perfect his act to really just like strap strap a rocket to him to himself to like just elevate his own hustling style to a mentalist and it showed they like they were off in buffalo and did very very well for themselves with mentalist shows like they were in high society like, i like but, the fact yeah. that how they showed um how they sh showed the trip you know uh xena you know uh, when they have the scene where she's um they have the people she's getting ready to read cards or do what she does but I like the way that they showed the trip, taking the basket, you know, going under the stage. Yeah, the um, I love that they the... the mirror. Yeah, I thought that yeah, was really that was cool. great. Yeah, because you don't you don't think about that. You don't know. And then when they show you that part, I was like, that's freaking clever. You know how oh. they did that. And, you know, like you said, you know, kind of carnies are a close knit people. They're a family. So when an outsider comes in, it does take a while for us to trust you and to kind of let you know what we're doing and how we do it, you know, to make sure that you're going to be here. So, um, yeah, um, I like that. And also I wanted to concentrate on the fact that, you know, they show the geek a lot because like you said, it's a, a main attraction at the carnival, but also watching the film. And when you get to the end, you kind of, it all comes back around. And yeah. I love that. So, so paying attention to that, that, that geek that they show a lot. Yeah, you, you remember that because it comes back around, and I love mm -hmm. how that happened. Sad, but it was awesome how that happened. Yeah, you know, it shows the it, transformation it, of... A down on luck, like yeah. the rock bottom, which, right, is exactly. where, which is where you find the geek. But you know what? Right. He didn't actually show the geek a lot. Like, there was the opening scene, like I said, when he, right. when he bit the chicken, scamperings of him escaping. Right. The demise of the one the geek who actually who died 
Um, right. And they just they left him in the street in front of a hospital and left. And then there was just, oh, my God, the, the line that haunts me right now is he said, oh, because you hear you hear screaming, you hear like a cage rattling, you hear almost like the withdrawal of an addict. And Pete's talking to Stan. He says, oh, sounds like he's breaking in a new geek. Poor son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just that wow. term, breaking in a new geek. Wow. Like, a, like, he, like he was a horse or something. Like he's breaking a yeah. horse, a wild yeah. horse or something, and just going to bend him for his own way. Willem Dafoe is such a refined greaseball, slimy, right. <laughs> slimy, slick, awesome character. Yes. In this, yes. like, keep both hands on your wallet when you're standing next to him. Or like when you see him from a distance, because, you know, he'll shake your hand, make you feel great about yourself as he is slowly putting a knife in your back. It is. Oh, he's such a great character. And and it was an awesome cast, the cast that that he put together. I mean, it is an awesome cast. It's a little bit of like you said earlier, uh, everyone from different places, but you wouldn't expect to see them all in this same film. So that was awesome seeing that. And Oh, my gosh, that's so and so they're in this film. And. You know, uh, Kate Blanchett, she's in this film. It was just a mixture of different uh, actors. And I thought that was really cool. And that's why I'm surprised that I never heard of it or seen it. Because a lot of these actors, William Defoe, you know, um, uh, uh, Kate, Tori Collett, you know, as Xena. Oh, they were you all know. great. Like, they all did a great it was job. A sm- it was a small yes. cast. Small yes. cast, but powerful. Yes, absolutely. Nobody was phoning it in or anything. It was perfectly no. well casted, perfectly well executed. Um, but I'm going to, here's another thing I want to bring up before we actually go out from the Carney part, because this also connects him when, of course, Stan winds up leaving with Molly though, but he winds up, I like how he winds up looking at the sheriff that's about to stop the Carney from happening anymore. And he starts looking at it and you can see his brain start ticking, like how Pete would do things. Right. He's been around around Pete and Molly and excuse me, not Pete, Molly, Pete and, um, Young ladies, Zena, Zena, long yeah. enough, and helping them with her act that just through right. osmosis you're going to pick things right. up. And one of my favorite scenes is when uh, Stan says, "Pete, if you want to teach me something, I'm willing to learn." Right. It was so hard, and, yeah. and Pete, and you Pete can tell Pete doesn't want to do it. No, he's right. dying to do it because he's been forgotten. Like. He oh, yeah. was this mentalist, and no one has brought it up because now it's all Xena's show. And for someone to actually ask, hey, can you display and provide me any of the wisdom you used to have? And when he says, you know, it's been a long time since somebody asked me to teach him, he's been he's been craving that because he, he was a great performer in his day. You could tell it from the way he was doing the act for Pete. With the the flourishes and all that okay. and everything, such a performer and was dying to either teach his craft, not fully, because he didn't want. I'm assuming, from the way he talked about it, something kind of tragic happened to him while he got too far into the mentalist routine. He wrote it down. That might be the reason he started drinking, just to kind of forget it. Right. But it was it was a hey, this is a gift. This is a power. You know, I'm a comic geek, so with great power comes great responsibility, <laughs> kind of thing. 
but he was just he was starved for that kind of attention and admiration if you're going to get that from a young buck a young man that everybody in the carney respects just because of his talent and skill and looks and you know just revitalizing gusto that's got to be very very special for <laughs> someone of an age of generation that's that nobody really bothered with anymore for sure and it's like to be honest with you i felt like a father figure and everything for for stan to be honest with you because all of a sudden he's like wait i'm not forgotten like you mentioned brad he's like i can actually teach him stuff that i never thought that i could teach anybody else and i feel like i'm useful for once instead of being stuck doing a side gig whenever i'm much more than a side gig but because of the demons that's that i crossed doing this mentalist stuff is the main reason why i stopped the, the doing safe, it. it's safety on the sidelines right because you know, his and, concern was you're going to believe you get to a point to where you believe the lie. You believe that you actually can do that and mm -hmm. it can ruin you. And I remember that was his main concern with even with the science stuff too. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. All that yeah. just, you, you can, you'll start believing that. And you, and his thing was, you don't want to lie like that. You know, you I don't want to believe your that. own lies. So kind of, if you believe right, your own I'll, lies. I'll, right. I'll show you, you it, some, but you're not going to have my book turn a god fear and man evil right there you go yeah yeah that, that was that yeah. was the line that but i think it, it's, it's like, obviously pete didn't have any children so you don't have um if you don't have anybody to bestow the knowledge on you would be kind of sad and a little a little forlorn that all this great talent that you've amassed you have no yeah. one to pass it on to and i think that was right. the father figure and the uh the mentorship right. with right. uh with him and stan Right. But the sheriff thing made me laugh, though, a little bit because he sees the uh, the feet, his feet and everything. He starts noticing the uh, the St. Mary Mary and everything yeah, and stuff the, like the that. Lift, the lift in his in his foot. Yes. So he assumed yeah. that yeah. he had polio as he was a child. Right. Right. And saw the the, the chain. So he probably has a cross. So, oh, God, fearing man's going to know somebody named Mary. Right. How, we, how we put it together and and easily won the respect of the other carnies, which was just kind of another show of his power, for lack of a better term. Right. And then during the celebration and everything, that's when he decides. I think that was a distraction, though, in a sense, for him to get out of it, because now he actually has that whole entire uh, high now about him. Where yeah. he feels like, okay, now I'm ready to go. Now I know I can really take off now. Right. And I don't have to worry about this carny anymore. And I'm going to take Molly with me because she'll be a great asset to me. Right. So therefore, I'll have these people distracted enough to where they won't even know they were gone. Right. So therefore, I'm going to go on ahead, take Molly with me, and they won't even know it. Next thing you know, they wind up knowing that Molly is gone. They know that Stan's gone. They're like, well, where's Molly at? And then you can tell Ron Perlman's character does not really care for Stan that much. He's still kind of weary about him. Bruno right. the strong man. Yep. I love Ron Perlman. He goes, I like how he goes my damn back. <laughs> he was friends with uh, Molly's dad. And, yeah, and, and he, you know, knew that, you know, basically that's like my daughter. I have to make sure she's okay. Uh, I promise that to, to look after her dad. That was great, you know, that was so, great line. Yeah, so I'm, you know, you can't have her basically, and him, he not knowing that, you know, Molly's already in love with Stan. So, yeah. and and Stan did have a good idea, you know, hey, let's take this on the road and make money. I just wasn't expecting for them to leave, you know, because of the connection that Molly had. So I'm, so I'm not seeing them leave. I'm just seeing him 
doing better shows, but then we find out that actually they are going to leave. I think Molly wanted to leave. You think part so? Of, part of her wanted to leave, just not, not, not because she was sick of the show, because she she obviously loved everybody. She kept yeah, in touch right. while while um, while her and Stan did leave. Right. But I think it's just if this is your whole life, and it's a good life, but is there more? Exactly. And any any young yeah, right. any young young woman or young man. If you get that taste, like, you know, once I've seen Paris, how to go back to the farm. Right. Show me Paris. Right. And that's actually how I've, you know, you can feel that way with any job you go to. You're like, okay, there's got to be more to life than just doing what I'm doing. There's got to be more out there. And that's exactly what Molly's doing. She has an innocence about her, but she's like, I love Stan. I love my family. But if push comes to shove, I'm going to go on ahead and see what else is out there. Because Stan seems like he's actually showing me more to what I what I can do with my abilities. So I'm going to go on ahead and go on the road with him and see what he does. And, and treating I, treating her like a woman. Mm-hmm. And it sounds yeah. it's it from between Bruno and the rest of the cast it looks like she's been very coddled. Socialized. Very taken care of. Right. And no one looks at her as as a beautiful young lady. Right. And she remember is. she told he told Stan I've never you know, gone far I've with the guy. You no, know? but did, did you yeah, hear that, so that, that second thing she said? I've never gone. I've never let a man go this far by my choice. Right, that's right. So I think that's also why um, Bruno, with his five pounds of meat and bone, <laughs> yeah, right. a great line too, um, is very protective. So it's right, there. Is, there is there is a subtle and sad. Which again, yes. like I said, this movie made me sad. A rape implication, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So she's probably been very it. well taken care of. Yes. Very well taken care of by the family, but right. If you're, if you're put in a cage by your family, not like the geek was. That was a literal cage. Right. Um, eventually, you just you want to go. You've got to go see new things, and I think right. that's why it was very easy for her to leave the stand, which landed them in Buffalo with this great new act. Stan's ambition and her talent and Stan's talent and now they're doing what was it two shows a day two shows yeah two shows a day in hotels high-end hotels right in stacks of cash rubbing elbows with the elite like really just using their talents and got them got them really really far and it was exciting to see two years later you see them, and then when you see the the hotel that they're staying at, you know, for me, I'm like, okay, okay, where is this going? Because they left. Now yeah. they're there, and for me, that's when I'm really interested in the story because what you know, there's there's so much that's going to happen now. Now they're in the city. I wonder what what they're going to do. And you see that they're they're successful. Stan's doing great. Like he perfected the mentalist act, and yeah. It, it was you know, pretty it, cool to see. So. It's, it's funny you say that, Rossi, because I've I've talked to so many people that say um, the opposite. I'm, I'm in the same camp as you are. Like, okay, the carnival was the stage set, and now right. where are they going? A lot of them, a lot of people just said, "Well, it kind of lost it for me once they lost the carnival. Once they, excuse me, once really? they left the carnival." I've heard that from more people because the carnival is very colorful, and there okay. is an air of like 
just creepiness around the carnival beside right. the geek beside the freak show and everything like that but i really like to see them like spread their wings and just right. kind of i wanted to see what kind of trouble they were going to get into because okay. you're being that that good at what they're doing and a natural right. hustler right. possible right. two-time murderer between the gentleman at the <laughs> beginning and, and Pete. To get his book <laughs> and um and like I said, everything was left ambiguous. Right. It was. So it was like up to your own interpretation. So like I said, as sad as this movie made me just from around all the performances and there was no one to root for. Right. There was really yeah. no one to root for. Like I just watched Aliens the other day. You're rooting for Ripley. Like, <laughs> right. You know, you're, you're, on, you're on her team. There's the Marines. all that. And there was no one to root for because... <laughs> If if you root for stance, like, oh, wait, the murderer is my hero in this? I don't, I gotta, no, not yet, not yet. You, right, you I didn't check that box off yet. I'm like, well, he just committed two murders. He's also doing a lot of other shady stuff. So this right. guy is actually the villain that we're supposed to be caring about. So now I don't, right. I'm thinking to myself, this is not even a redemption story at this point anymore. He's way yeah. past that because of the fact that like Pete says, he's imagining, he's thinking that he's God, basically. Right. To the point exactly. where, he the where he's believing his own lies. Right. So right. you know that's not good. You know when yeah. you see him two years later and, and how he's perfected this art. But, you know, watching a film, you do remember what Pete said, because that's, that's in the back of my head. Like, okay, this, this can't get any, this is going nowhere. Like, this is going to be bad. What he's doing is going to be bad. He's going to get caught up. But how is he going to get caught up? Because he knows he's now believing this. Like you said, he's he's God now. Well, right. You know, how, so how I love when they show the How act. does he get caught up? Enter Kate Blanchett and her oh, connect. And, her, and this her was outstanding. She can I say this for a minute, Brad? Amazing. Was this? I felt like with Kate Blanchett's character, I was scared for him. I was actually scared for Stan. Whenever I first saw her, she's a tough, rich, yeah. independent woman who doesn't right. need no man, doesn't have no man. You're seeing right. with oh, this, yeah. her with this elderly man and everything. And she's over there dissecting everything Stan's doing. I'm like, this is not going to end well for Stan. He's got to BS himself out of this situation and somehow. Her, her name yeah, is her name's Lilith, the original vampire. Like, mm. you, you, like I, I don't think the name was... Uh, was was a play on anything other than she used him with her contacts and his ability and her ability as a psychologist psychiatrist i mean she she played the player wow right like masterfully and she played a victim and so much to the point that like well let's get into it she she has contacts with very powerful people being a psychiatrist psychologist um they come and tell her the the sins they've committed right and they're looking for redemption and if she can kind of sow the seeds for stan to use his powers that he's fooled everybody into (laughs) to like ostensibly pay stan exorbitant amounts of money in the 40s to bring them peace through 
like dead loved ones or like people that they miss and stuff the the couple that um that their oh. their son that right their son, their son right. enlisted oh enlisted. my god remember, yeah i remember wow. when my brain when brandy was sitting next to me oh it's the one from back to the future i said yeah don't get too excited <laughs> That's yeah, what I no, um, something's gonna yeah when i saw her and she is um what's her name marion steenburgen steenberg yeah Yes. That's it. Yeah. She is such such poise and yes. such like elite acting in everything she right. does. Right. Even to the point in which where she says, Well, we're gonna go see her son now. Oh and, wow. And then, and then how do you how like for anyone watching, do you know how you go see and you do you know how you're reconnected with your dead loved one? You kind of have to die, right? So that was shocking. Oh, that I was, was not expecting, like, that, at I was all. expecting that. I'm gonna be oh. honest with you. Whenever I first saw that, I was not expecting that. Also, yes. too, I'm thinking this is not gonna go good for Stan now because that's gonna give him a lot of backlash and, and everything. Especially, and I was just thinking the newspaper aspect of it, right? And yeah. so that I was not thinking of the radio. I was thinking the, radio, the newspapers. Which... Yeah, so um, it wasn't. It was the those two, and then the judge that mm -hmm. was well, pretty bamboozled between Kate yeah. Blanchett, Lilith's character, and Stan's character right. on just kind of a reconnection with his dead wife. Right. And you, you find out that the the judge is not exactly a saint either. Right. Like he's like a misogynist and just a it it didn't really say that in an attempt to recreate a relationship with his dead wife if he had uh, murdered other women, but he said and admitted that he hurt other women. Right. In an attempt to like cleanse well, his soul. I don't know how that works, but well, remember though, Kate Blanchett even told him, uh, opened up her blouse and everything and showed yeah. Stan. He goes, "This is what happens when you mess with the wrong people, right. and thinking that you can do everything." And that was to me what the judge did to her. A positive, one hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Because or, she's been down this road. Did she? This... Did she do that to entice Stan to? Okay, I think let's, it was both. Let's, let's let's get this guy. Like let's grift this guy for every penny. Right. And... So you believe at that point that he's that she's on on Stan's side. So you don't I don't see at that point. OK, they made a connection. She let him see her scar warning him. Don't F around. But then when you see the meeting with Stan meeting the judge in that big room and they're going to do the polygraph and everything. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm thinking, creepy. How is he going to get was... out of this? There's no way he's going to get out of this. They're going to kill Me him. Too. Until he pulls that perfect scene where he, I see yeah, someone in here, I feel the, someone. The that investigator was and and ab, that was classic. That yeah. was great. That was so he, he great. Was, he was failing the polygraph test until he yes. slipped until he slipped into his character. Yeah, and because that's that's another foreshadowing thing. If you believe your own lies, there you go. 
and he had because he had believed yeah. his own lies and he grifted his way right through now right. another line that i really liked was um the judge had a bodyguard and you've seen this bodyguard in every other movie Absolutely. uh you've seen him i i wish and he's one of those actors that you've seen everywhere but you don't know his name he had that yeah. one line that said you know i care for that man very deeply yeah he got me out of out of some jams i care for him a lot and that should scare you that means like i don't trust you (laughs) he trusts you i do not if you screw him over i'll kill you i i won't hurt you i won't embarrass you i won't humiliate you i will kill you i'll end you he said it so politely but just so Serial killer, and, sociopathic. I'll kill you. You know what, though? To me, I like that, though, because you can do that in a threatening way and not have to be yelling or anything. Because perfect example is in The Sopranos where you have the twin brother and everything, and the twin brother threatens Tony's mistress that he was seeing with the Mercedes dealer. Yeah. And the way he does it is he's not yelling at her. He's threatening her. Because mm-hmm. He has a piece in his hand. He winds up threatening her because... Next time, it won't be his penis in your in his, in, in your in mouth. mouth. It's going to be this gun. And so you can do it in a threatening way without having to actually yell. You can do it in that kind of way. And I loved how they play that off. Well, I've, uh, I've been threatened a lot um, <laughs> for whatever reason. I'm a smartass or whatever. And the most threats I took absolutely serious is when nobody raised their voice right so the way he just did that like masterful like this this sounds so aristocratical i'm gonna learn that man's name i'm gonna learn that actor's name (laughs) (laughs) because he gave me goosebumps i'm not gonna lie dude like i'm like yeah i'll be like you know what i was faking the whole time um look my three o'clock I'm going to go and hang out this way. You guys right. do your thing. I'll do my thing. We don't meet in between. I'm good. Right. But yep. no. But it's all about the the hustle. It's all about yes. if he can actually get this guy. And he knows that he can. And then, yeah. of course, he now he's up to seances now. Yeah, at yeah. that point, when he asks for that, I'm like, dude, pull out. Like, listen oh, to me yeah. and leave it alone. How are you going to pull that off? You can't pull that off, you know? Um, I, I, I like kind of saw where him, it was going. I kind of saw where it was going, and but Stan was kind of threatened. <laughs> Stan was kind of threatened, like you make this happen, or like you're you know, dead. You're dead. Yeah. So he he was kind of painted in the corner, and that's just getting in too deep. So he had to get Molly to kind of pose as the judge's dead wife from a distance, and everything was set up. Kate Blanchett told her how to do it. There was some resemblance, which is a big coincidence, but you know, it's a movie. Uh, so the seance was set up. Everything was going to set up. Stan was so confident. Molly was not confident to the point that right. she ran. Right. That she ran. Stan caught up with her in that other great line. All I'm doing is quoting lines, but it's a movie. <laughs> Molly, everybody has left me. Yeah. Don't leave me too. And that gets her because she has a big heart. She's so, got a big heart. And she loves him. So, she does. you know, she comes back and does it, even though she knows, because like like we said earlier, she knows the ins and out of what he's doing, the carnival. She knows all that stuff. So 
this is not good. He should not be doing it, but she's going to help him out. Reluctantly helps him out. And wow. Well, when it, when this team really help him out because she, she also knew that, uh, that he was sleeping with Kate Blanchett. With that's Lord. right. That's right. Yeah. Because rookie mistake. Don't draw women. Yeah. Why would you have her in the, why would you draw her? in the book when you drew Molly earlier and, and as a show, woman oh Molly look at this I picture that, she's going to leave through that and it doesn't make her even yeah. that more important now because now it's making him look like a player where it's like okay yes. this guy doesn't care about me as much as he says he does i see him draw somebody else thank goodness i can draw stick figures by the way but yeah. you know <laughs> i can but, draw women also the alcohol figures. guys remember he didn't drink that's right, right. Kate, Kate remember Lynch, he didn't drink he would he never would drink, to drink. He, yeah Finally, As I he take takes a, a drink from her drink, and I'm I'm like, yeah. You know, at that point, you know, you know, you're going downhill. And then when you see him with the alcohol, it's like this is not, this is not good. But at that point, though, I felt like, okay, they really made a connection. You saw the scar. Now you take a drink of her drink. There's your guys's connection. The kinship. Like, it's he, yes, yeah. The kinship. I'm, I'm here with you. He's not I'm thinking here with you anything he thinks she's right there with him like yeah. he has nothing to be concerned about when it comes to her i don't drink but i'll drink with you right so yeah and well as you know because seances <laughs> don't really work no um because he's thinking that not... the judge is just going to get down on his knees he's going to pray yeah. Right. And they're going to go their own separate ways. Oh, this is a guy off. that truly loved his wife. He's not going to just just see her and pray with him and then be redeemed. Right. If, I, if Brandy passed away or something like that, or someone that I loved passed away, would I just stand there next to the guy that just did a seance? Or would I no. go up to I'm, I'm not going to be happy with a, hey, good seeing you. You go no. off now. I'm going to pray. <laughs> Everybody praying? No. Yeah. We're good. No, We're I'm going to go hug thing my wife. Right I'm, I'm going to go hug my wife, <laughs> which is what the judge did and decided right. you're not my wife. You're somebody in costume with oh an exorbitant amount of blood on her hands. And That's like right. overkill with the amount of blood right. that was on her. Oh, right. yeah. They, they wanted, well, Kate Blanchett said she's going to be bloody. So we don't know why. Yes. They don't need to say, got blood on her hands and blood by her, um, her genitals, unfortunately, right. because she. Um, had a forced abortion, which is another right. thing you find out. So the judge is, has just been beating himself up. Uh, worth it, you know. You don't, you know. The judge is not a good character. Nobody was a good character except Molly. Molly yeah. was the only righteous right. character in this. Yes. Um. And so he runs over, sees it's not her, and he's he says a terrifying thing to Stan. He's like. I'm going to ruin you. Right. I'm going to ruin you. Right. And then you do something you never, ever do. The judge hit Molly. Oh, that's right. And, and then Bradley Cooper beat the everlasting, right. ever-loving hell out of him. Beat him to death. And that was a very graphic scene. Yes, it when was. It showed it was. The, um, when it showed the judge's yeah. face after... After Stan laid the the fist to him, his nose right. was caved in and it killed him. Yeah. The bodyguard came running. Another horrific scene. Oh yeah. Was, yeah. Oh my I mean, god. That scene's going yeah. on though. You actually hear the bodyguard with on the radio about the people that committed suicide because oh, that's of Stan. Right. 
So I'm like, he, oh my god, a, now wait, it's coming full circle. This is not yes. good. This 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 guy is a scam artist. This guy's nothing's good is going to happen. So he comes right. running and starts shooting at Stan. Stan and Molly kind of get away and run the dude over Gosh, in so a horrible. Right. Like I said, when Del Toro does blood, he does it well. Yes. But and it that just that just stuck with me. But I actually heard an interview um, with somebody that worked with Del Toro that he said as when Del Toro was growing up, he would see dead bodies in his neighborhood. He grew up in a very poor neighborhood. He would see people get hit by cars and just see corpses as he walked wow. the streets. So you don't know if that had a an influence on how he places actors after their demise or during their demise or anything like that, but it, it's he has a firsthand experience in seeing right. death, for right. lack of a better term. Wow. So, but yeah, that the the car scene where he he mm. back he back reversed. I would say back over. He didn't back over him. He reversed, and the guy flipped over the car, and then he drove over him. Yes, oh which was God. just awful. And that actor who's I'm gonna I'm gonna know your name. <laughs> um, you can even see his brain. That's how graphic it yes. was. I know. Yeah. After that, yes. but yeah. then you see Molly and them escaping, and then of course that's when we wind up seeing them on this alleyway and then he lights the car on fire. Molly winds up running away, but I like the lighting in the alley of the, of a cross that's lit up as if it was for redemption to pray for your sins kind of deal. You're thinking that that Stan's going to, okay, listen, I've gone this far. I, I I have Mm -hmm. to stop. So he, he does what any normal person would do. You go to the other woman you're sleeping with. Right. The really smart, really crafty, really cruel Kate Blanchett, Lilith herself, and he goes to receive his to get the money that he's been made. He he stashed all the money with Lilith because he didn't right. want Molly to find it. Which you know, just don't don't keep secrets, guys. Stop. Tell everybody the truth all the time forever, <laughs> and you you'll never get caught. You'll exactly. never ever get caught. If you don't learn anything from Nightmare Early, tell everybody the truth all the time forever. But <laughs> the, the, the money was all ones. Yeah, because she, she, she took all the money and just left and just left stacks of ones for him so he would take right. off. But Stan is also a very good reader of people. And when she dropped the one line, I do love you. That's right. That's when he's like, no, no, you don't. Right. This is bullshit. This mm-hmm. is all Everything bullshit. is BS. But also, too, I liked how when she shoots him, just what about now, Stan? Is my gun heavy now? My and handbag. My hand, my hand Because my the handbag. Hand, you, did, yeah. you didn't notice I had the gun. Am I powerful right. now? Am I powerful now? Oof. And then the strangling, and then, of course, and at first, Brandy and I thought, he and I even thought this the first go-round, that she shot him in the throat or something, but she just nicked his ear. Yeah, so, his ear, his ear splattered his ear all over. Yeah. No, really? the, well, you know. Another horrible scene. <laughs> <laughs> it was just gushing. Oh, it was bad because yeah. when he went to reach for his when he went to reach for his ear, 
I'm like, oh, yeah. don't, touch it, don't touch it. Don't touch your ear. Yeah. Oh, just don't. Oh, that's going to be bad. <laughs> but then we go on ahead. We, then we wind up seeing him go on the train. And this is another foreshadowing of, once again, where we wind up seeing Stan meet the geek for the first time. We wind right. up seeing the chickens. And then yeah. he winds up yeah. sleeping the behind the chicken coop. Everyone, right. everyone was thinking, like, why do you, why do you run the rails? Well, like, Kate Blanchett is is a very powerful, yes. very powerful woman. She knows she has his recording. She has kind of has him like dead to rights. So yeah. he would have to go underground, and like it's it's not as sexy as it is in like Breaking Bad, going underground, all really cool. No, right. when you go underground in real life, you're a hobo. You yeah. off the grid means uh, like off the grid. And back in the 40s, very easy to go off the grid. You just go to hobo camps, which is what Stan did. And he's just bumming alcohol the whole entire time. And then alcohol, finally, yeah. the bums even got tired of them bumming off of them. So the yeah, bums no got more tired motion. of the bum. No more so. motion. <laughs> yeah, when the, hom- when the homeless look down on you, when the that, homeless you know, look down on you, you, you know you're, you're just, yeah. This, this <laughs> you hit rock bottom that. But and that's, then, and that's where it showed the flashback because he was cold. It showed right. the flashback of him way back callback to the corpse in the house that he set on fire. Right. Of it was his father, his alcoholic father, which is why he never drank. Right. And his father was dying of well, alcoholism. And Stan did the one of the most cruel things yeah. I've ever seen. He took the blankets off his father, who was in just a wireframe bed, bed, excuse me, and opened up the windows, and the snow started coming, and his father froze to death as right. Stan just sat there and smoked his cigarette, which he smoked a cigarette in every scene. Every there's, scene. There's not a scene. Yes. Or maybe 98%. He always had a rolled cigarette. Right. And always, always did that cool thing, had the, uh, had the really cool cigarette case. Right. I, I used to smoke um, a lot of years ago. I always wanted a cigarette case because I always thought it looked so cool. Just open a cigarette case and tap that. Well, have a yeah. fancy lighter. I looked like a big freaking loser because, you know, <laughs> so I never I never did it because I didn't want to get beat up. But, like, I'm not Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Some guy like Bradley Cooper, Cape Blanchett, can pull that off. But he just sat there and smoked a cigarette and watched his at that point invalid father freeze to death and then he set the house on fire that's the beginning scene and And i like oh sorry rossi go ahead oh no it's fine no i like the fact of like i said it all comes back around full circle you know he ends up back at another carney place and he really needs a job bad because like you said brad he's he has to go off the grid you know and so he wants to, I, I, I thought, you know, okay, so he's going to get back in and he's going to help these people with their carnival. He's a mentalist. And then he's going to go he's, off. He's and, yeah, yeah, right. Like, okay, he'll go and do that for them and they'll love it. But when the guy was like, no, we don't do that anymore. We, we, you know, that's old yeah, school that's stuff, lame. you know? Yeah, but I do have a job for you. And, I'm, and as they're showing the cameras, showing his face, and you see how worn down Bradley Cooper Beard, looks. The tears, the shovels. Oh my gosh, he's going to be the geek. 
Yeah. How freaking great is that? Car, Sad, but still. When the car is like, oh, you, you smell like piss. Get away from me. Go, right, get lost. Right. Oh, wait, come back, come back. Have a drink. One car and you do another. Yep. Right. This right. is yeah. temporary. This and is then as soon as he says, but do you know what a geek temporary. is? Yeah. Yeah. As soon as he yeah, says I the do. word temporary, Brad, he, all of a sudden you see Stan's emotions. He just breaks right. down crying. Rob, he, he's like, would, would that be something you'd be interested in? Mr. I was born for it. And you see him just yeah, cackling because so. that and that might be what we've all been waiting for is the redemption, the atoning for everything he's the, done, just the grifter, just the, the sleaze, everything. Right. He made his living taking people's money, right. preying on their emotions, preying on the heartbreak. That's why it was kind of like it was really hard to get into anybody's corner. Right. And it was even hard to get in Molly's corner because, like, why are you with this guy? Sure, because... the money's good, but like, she just, I, I like, she just wanted to be free. She well, wanted... I feel like this though. When you're with somebody long enough and stuff like that, that's all you know. That's who you know, and that's it. Even if you had friends, and this person's being a total ball bag to you or anything, you're gonna go back to the person that was a ball bag and everything, and that's it because that's how that person was programmed because that's all well, that person the ball knows. Bag you, and that's you know they're comfortable the ball bag you don't. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, that's how I feel though. I mean, it's about being comfortable in the place that you're at with right. somebody. And because of the oh, fact that, that, you know, he showed her some caring at first and then yeah. after that, he started turning into a total ball bag. So and he's when I'm, man, I mean, you I, know, I, you know, right. Easy so, on Exactly. And even that was even, they even said the same thing. Even uh, Zena, Zena said the same thing. He goes, yeah. Hey, you're easy on the eyes, sweetheart. Right. Because remember, they wind up doing it inside their, inside the house and everything while Pete is uh, walking yeah, so, outside. Having a, yeah. Having a drink. <laughs> yep. But so in 19, watch, on the watch, 19th, everybody watch out for really, really good looking guys. They, they, okay. They're not good. <laughs> Didn't you um, think in the beginning though that Zena and 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 um and Stan would have would have the relationship because that's what I thought it was going to be. I thought that so that I. it would be you know because you see them hook up in the first scene, so I'm like, oh okay, so he's going to be sleeping with her and whatever, and then Molly comes into it. It's just a little side it really thing. Really didn't just, take I him long, happen, you know. It really didn't take him long. Showed up. Hey, you got a bathtub? Sure. <laughs> Yeah, right. Actually, no, let's get it all line. That's a good line. Right. You see her with the soap, and I'm like, she getting ready to bathe him, and then I'm like, oh, she's getting ready to bathe him. Okay, bathe, bathe him. Yeah. Bathe him. <laughs> but you know, I, I was thinking the same thing too. Even at the hotel, whenever Molly and the some of the Connie people come over there to visit them, I'm thinking right. that Zena was probably going to go with Bradley, and then of course yeah. Molly goes with the small guy, right? And everything. But it, she winds up still being with him. Hey, Brandy, how are you? But, it, you know, it. that's what I thought. But, you know, I have to say, I mean, with this film and everything, I saw the night, the black and white version. I saw the classic version before doing this podcast, and it is a lot different. It's okay. Better, here's the thing. A movie reviewer is never late, nor is he early. He arrives just as it means to. And you're the same <laughs> case, though, for me, because you're actually engaged to me. So you're welcome. So get it, therefore, it's okay for you to be late. Uh, but uh, <laughs> well said thank you but i watched the black and white version the classic version and pete did not want to actually teach stan 
because the, him and Xena are inside the car. They're at, who can actually see them traveling? This is what I liked about the black and white version. Okay. With some of the stuff was you got to see them riding to different locations. Okay. okay. Even though it might be one location, they travel. That's the whole part of a tra- traveling carny, is right. they travel. This one, right. they didn't look like they traveled. They just stayed in one spot. No wonder why the cops found them. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, well, you've been here for over three years, dude. You need to go in and hand pack it up. But, <laughs> but look, but here's the thing. Stan goes, I want to learn what you know, Pete. And Stan is drunk, right? And he comes and is black and white. The Pete van is has these curtains. Stan drunk or was Pete drunk? No, Pete's drunk. Sorry. Pete's okay. Drunk. All right. I was Pete's just, drunk. Said, he comes out from the back in the middle because it's actually opened up where the curtains are. He goes, mm-hmm. I'm not going to teach you anything because I don't want you to be learning anything like this. And then he goes back to being drunk in the back. And that was it. So I'm like, okay. So there's a lot more tension between Pete and everything, too. And, yeah. I liked how this one sets up better because we got more of a background of Stan. In the black and white one, he's just in the crowd, and he's just a passing by kind of guy, and he winds up getting a job at the carney. So that's one thing that I feel like that Del Toro did with this film was he gave us more of a background on the character versus him just being there. Almost more realistic Um, relationships, too. Sure. thought the blonde played a better character than Bradley Cooper. You're talking about Xena. I think that's who she's referring to other than Kate yeah. Blanchett. Um, Two blondes. Yep. And the movie was strange. Yeah. You it know, was strange. You, you, yeah, it was, was a strange really movie. Strange. But it really yeah, absolutely was strange. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what would you guys say out of, if you want to do, um, if you want to do the Brad, Brad from Canada rating, how many, out of six beers, what would you give this movie? I'll give this movie four beers. Four to six beers. That, that's that's yeah. really good. That was four beers. John, what do you think? I'll do a three point a half bottle of beer. <laughs> like that would be my three point five <laughs> rating. Really? You know yeah. what? I would actually give this. Um, I watched it a second time knowing everything I know and you watch the almost de-evolution of of uh, of Stan you you know where he's ending up that you cannot be this righteous and you can't ride that high the entire time or else it wouldn't be a movie so I, I would give this five out of six beers honestly because nice. I just so fresh everybody like I said, nobody phoned this in. And it was actually, as far as the the Oscar movies that have been nominated, it's yeah. really up there because this was the only one that I felt had a real story behind it. Right. Okay. I don't know. Coda for me is up there. Coda had a great story, but I mean, they, maybe just a story more, more suited to me. Okay. I got um, you. And, and, and my my likes i got gotcha. you yeah i don't think it's going to win the oscar uh unfortunately it's got some really tough competition but i'm 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 glad it got nominated right definitely deserved it out of all the movies this movie made me feel something more than any other like it made me feel an emotion sad 
was the emotion. So, I mean, I didn't like, I don't like that I like this movie, if that makes sense. Because <laughs> it made me feel bad. And I watched because it Because you feel bad for the carny. And, yeah. and I, I feel bad for everybody. I feel bad for Stan. And he deserved everything he got. I feel bad for the judge that he got screwed over. And he got his right. face caved in. That was bad. I feel right. bad for the bodyguard who was just trying to I feel bad for, for Bruno because like he lost he he didn't finish off. I don't feel bad for Willem Dafoe. Yeah. <laughs> he was an Aquaman. So I don't yep. feel bad for anybody that was an Aquaman. But it ended yeah. up being a good movie. I mean, all around for me, it's something that um if you wouldn't have sent me or if we wouldn't have reviewed this movie, I would never have watched it. Even if I, you know, heard of it, I probably wouldn't have because it's not something that I would normally watch. So I, I'm pleasantly surprised. Like I said, when we get into the film and they get into the city and just everything that happens, I'm just, I was interested. I was like on the edge of my seat as far as how far is he going to go? Is he going to get caught with this, doing this stuff with the judge? And then at the end, how he ends up being, that that geek and just yeah i i it was surprisingly good i i i like things sorry i didn't mean to cut you off would you recommend would you recommend this movie for other people who haven't seen it would you say hey you you should see this you should watch this at least one time view yeah one time view i I wouldn't say it's a waste of time it's not a waste of time yeah don't stand in line to go see it but if you can watch it on HBO or something like that, Netflix, absolutely give it a give it a watch. But I wouldn't stand in line to, to go see it. No. Same here as well. I mean, I said this yesterday and everything. I felt like the set pieces felt small for it to be a nominated for a film, to be honest with you, because those set pieces makes everything so small mm-hmm. in this you know film. Why, do you know why I think it was nominated? And it was very subtle. I only noticed this on the second watch. Um it was the way every actor moved. Okay. They moved very subtly, but they they moved the way people don't move now. I don't know if it's just because of the period piece. I think it's because of the period, though. But the way, like, their hands would throw up in the air, just right. and, and not even when they're performing their their tricks or anything like that. They were they were just kind of very flourish movements and just very like theatrical. Right, and it just that 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 just struck me the way um, the way Kate Blanchett moves, but she's like from the theater, it slowed in. But even Bradley Cooper, his moves were very subtle, but he owned every room that he walked in, even right. when he was trying to hide. Right, um, and just the performances were just spot on. The acting was splendid in this, and they're what they're they're nominated for best picture. Best cinematography, best design. I think it's going to get best cinematography. Yeah. I, I'm still rooting for Dune to get that. For cinematography? Yeah, that's a that's a tough one because that's because Dune has those huge. excellent wide shots and also gives us more of. When I look at cinematography, I'm thinking of wide shots. I'm thinking of deserts. I'm thinking of those wide expositions. Whenever you look at movies and stuff. So that's why that's I'm putting that on. Because I, 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 I think of the smaller things. I think of the, the like I said, the movement of the actors. But um, they're both valid. They're both valid. Both movies were shot wonderfully. Right. 
All the right. use of of the lights and the shadows and everything it was it was just really good i think so too and here's the thing i i love guillermo del toro i like his originality when it comes down to certain things yes there might be aspects to other films that he might borrow from or whatever but he still tries to make an authentic piece and with nightmare alley i'm gonna have to agree with rossi it's perfect for a one-time watch i wouldn't go to the theaters to see this one even though i'm a diehard guillermo del toro fan and everything, but what captivated me was the Carney because I'm a huge fan of stuff like that. Of course, I'm a fan of Rob Zombie for crying out loud, who actually grew up around the Carney era. Though, okay. so too, the, matter of fact, him and his parents were actually Carneys. Rob Zombie was the best concert I've ever yep. been to. Same, and you know, this movie I would actually recommend for a one-time watch. I would say pay attention to every single thing. There's a lot of foreshadowing yeah. in this movie. Right. This movie clocks in at two hours long, so yeah. if you're seeing it on HBO Max. Go ahead, take yourself a pee break or whatever, come back and um, and everything else. Therefore, you don't have to miss out on anything because you can just go on ahead, click that pause button, and then go on ahead and move on. But, We're pretty spoiled when it comes to streaming and all, and all the rest. Uh, right. Back in the day, you had to sit through a theater and, and miss a big plot point because you had to use the restroom. Right. Exactly. But, you know, I enjoyed it for what it was. I do appreciate Guillermo del Toro at least attempting this remake that I didn't know it was a remake. Until, I didn't know it was a remake. until last night that, when you mentioned that in the chat uh like before we started i'm like it's a remake all right now i gotta check out the original right and you can actually check out the original for free on youtube so you can okay. actually check it out it's actually streaming on youtube for free well look that's in my budget i can take that <laughs> okay perfect free is always good uh so anyways brad um tell everybody where that people can follow you at and all that good stuff well, actually, you can check out uh, sceneinvaderspodcast.com. That's where me and the guys do uh, have – have got blogs. We've got other little insights. You can listen to our latest show. We have the Scene Invaders podcast that drops every week. Take care of your pop culture needs. Um, so we have a Facebook page that is the Scene Invaders Lunch Table. We came up with that because you were never funnier and you never shared more stories than when you were in high school at the lunch table. And – Check out our YouTube page because we're putting up a lot of shorts and a lot of good content. What just happened? You got Danny and Julia just killing it over with uh, episodes of The Servant. Imagination Jason, who takes care of everything Disney. And if you're of a uh, advanced age, uh, you can check out the Retro Old Guy Show, in which where I review stuff pre-2000 when I was a kid, my formative years, to see if it still kind of holds up. So, yeah, you can check that all out. Just go into any podcast app, check it, and then type in Scene Invaders. Go on YouTube, type in Scene Invaders. Go anywhere. Type in Scene Invaders in Google or Ask Jeeves. Okay. And I just want to point this out. It's no, I really am glad that I have a good team with me. I'm glad that I have Rossi with me. I'm glad I have Charlie. I'm glad I have, of course, Alex with me. And then Abby also joined us. But it's even better when my channel just turned seven years old today. That's awesome. Congratulations wow. on that. That's so, amazing. This channel has been around for seven years and it's changed dramatically. It went from a YouTube channel to a podcast channel. Now it's going to be in between a YouTube channel and a podcast channel. So it's going to be an interesting change next week. We're going in full mode. Just letting everybody know that we are making some small changes with things, but guess what? You guys are going to still get a podcast on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Then, of course, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we're going to have trailer reactions that we're going to be dropping. 
and everything in the morning time, 6 o'clock a.m. Central time, 7 o'clock Eastern time for those, for a.m. And then we're going to come back and do the Moon Knight after show on Thursdays. Then we also have Movie Lovers Rewind I'm bringing back. We talk about the movies turning 10 and 20 years old. We take it, What we're going to do is we'll look at the list of the movies that turned 10 and 20 years old on that day that it came out. And if it's something that we both notice, we'll go in and tackle down that one thing. But if there's like two films or whatever, we'll give a little small brief on it and then talk about the main film that we like. But still, it's going to be a fun time. I can't wait to bring that segment back and Can everything. Because be uh, movies that turn 10 and 20 years old, that's kind of in my wheelhouse. That's actually when I was going to the theater and stuff. So there you go. It's perfect. But, you know, John, Rossi, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Um, big fan of what you guys you. do you guys are so much fun and i really appreciate it. and anyone that's listening to this like subscribe actually check out their show it's amazing seven years yeah seven years seven years that is fantastic thanks man i do appreciate it and oh, guys love it. nice meeting you brad nice meeting you rossi we'll see you soon absolutely so another thing i want to do is this rossi where can everybody follow you at beside uh, on this channel though <laughs> uh, you can, I know, right? You can follow me on Instagram at McCree123 Hotmail.com. That's M C C R E E Hotmail.com. Also, you can follow me at Rossi Lynn Bark One on Twitter and Rossi Lynn on my Facebook page. On Facebook. Okay. And of course, guys, you guys can go on and follow me at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Night on Facebook and on Instagram and on Pinterest as well. Then, of course, guys, we want your audio-only podcast of our episodes and many episodes that we do here at Movie Lovers Tonight. You guys can get that on all major podcasts. And go over to Good Pods. Good Pods is basically social media for podcasters or someone that likes to listen to the podcast. So go ahead, su- subscribe over there, comment, and also rate us over there. Rate us on Spotify. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. Rate Scene Invaders on Good Pods. Rate Scene Invaders also on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify as well. Too, because it actually helps us to be able to grow and find our audiences and everything too. So go ahead, do that. Of course, go on ahead, go to buy me a coffee forward slash movie lovers. And that's how you can go and go ahead, donate five to ten dollars over there. But you know what though? This is what I want you guys to do. Buzz me. What I mean by buzz me, I want you to go ahead and ring that bell. That ring that stupid bell on the bottom right hand corner to allow you guys to know when we have something new coming up. Come on, ring me. Come on, ring my bell. Don't make me sing that song from the 1970s in that disco era. I think I need Give me to hear me. you sing that song. No, sing it. <laughs> no, because then we'll lose all 997 subscribers. And then after that, Dan's going to have to be like, what the heck? I was helping you out with all this editing and everything, and now you broke it. So, no, I'm not going to do it. Goddamn Canadian. <laughs> but anyways, guys. If you here's another thing, go ahead, like, subscribe, do all that stuff I just mentioned. Go ahead, follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter, Movie Lovers Unit on Movie Lovers Unit Zero on TikTok. Then, of course, if you're a sponsor or like to be on the show, just go on ahead, email me. Why not? At movieloversunite at gmail.com. That's everywhere that you guys can follow me at. Don't forget about our announcements that I just made that I just told you guys about for next week. Uh, tomorrow night, I'm actually going to be doing nostalgia. Is it too much? We'll find out. Is it just there for simple sake of not moving the plot? Find out. So always until next time, guys. It's been real. It's been fun. Thank you, Brad, for coming on. I hope Thank to have you, you back on so again. again. Uh, You're very whenever welcome. you guys need me, uh, I will bother you. I will be here. Okay. Awesome. All right. Awesome. Sounds great. And always until next time, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.